In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all yes. the from, I, you know, I, I, I oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm losing it. What can I tell you? <laughs> my co-host, Yes, she is. The lead investigator. Who's been drinking? I think it's me. Uh, Did you forget my name? I know it. Uh, yeah, the lead investigator for uh, um, East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. Oh, my God. And wrong way, Kerrigan. Well, good evening. I'm glad you finally figured out who the hell I was. I've only spit it out, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. That was horrendous. And I'm the one that's having the wine, right? Yeah, I wish I did right now, anyway. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you can join us in the chat room, in the Tojinet chat room, or the Parallax chat room, or you, if, uh, I don't know, that's good enough. God, I am so discombobulated today. Yeah, what's the matter, Ron? What's I don't going know. on? Some, somebody's putting a fuju on me or something. Uh-oh. You know what it is? I'm thinking about that Kajupa thing they found out in Texas. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, but how, what is it? A chalupa? I don't know. I know. That's not right. <laughs> you're, lucky, you're lucky I remember your name, and that was close. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's that weird-looking <laughs> animal. They actually shot a couple of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it, for people that are involved in cryptozoology stuff, mm-hmm. then they, they would know that right away. But that's, Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so how are things out in Pittsburgh yesterday, last year? Oh, things in Pittsburgh, oh, Pittsburgh were fabulous. fabulous. Really? Really, um, I mean, I, I, it's not a place that I would say, ooh, I want to go to Pittsburgh, but now that I've been there, I would absolutely go back. It, it was just uh, really historical and, uh, you know, a big place, and I had a great time. Cool. Yeah. I yeah, learned a lot. I, I understand you ran into an old acquaintance of, acquaintance of Ryan. I did, yes, Michelle. I think it's Hool. Hool, yeah. Her last name, and uh, from Methuen Cable Access TV, and um, totally random conversation. And <laughs> she said, "Hey, I know him. <laughs> I know Ron." So that's yeah. just a really small world. Nothing good, I'm said. 
I'm oh sure. no, she said she had a fabulous ghost hunt. Fabulous, with, um, simply with fabulous. Didn't simply fabulous, and she did uh, a little uh, camera work for you, and and just loved it. I forget oh, what cool. you were. What you were investigating um, something. A tenny, tenny, tenny gatehouse. Gatehouse, right? Yeah, that, that thing is like a. Uh, I don't know, Disney World now. I mean, there's so many groups investigated in that. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. But, right. It was really weird. I mean, mm-hmm. I was one of the first about 10 years ago to investigate that. And mm-hmm. it's a neat story. But anyways, I think we have a guest on the line, so let's not, not keep him on. Uh, All right. And, and this guy, actually, I think he might know about these Chaka Tubers things that they died. <laughs> he, is, he is the founder of Mass Paranormal Car- Crossroads. He is an author. And an all-around good guy, Mr. Chris Belzano. Chris? Thank you very much, Ron. It's Chupacabra. 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 I told you. Hi, Chris. Chupacabra. I figured I I was going to have to correct you several times tonight on how to say Pukwudgie, but we'll start out by talking about Chupacabra. (laughs) Oh, Pukwudgie's old history. We're talking about new stuff now. Chupacabra. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Okay, so did you, did you, Chris? Did you see the the video of that? No, I don't really like those guys. They freak me out. But uh, <laughs> if, if for those who don't know what no, I'm, I'm talking just kidding. about, I haven't I haven't seen anything on the Chupacabra. Okay, so for those who don't know what the, the, I'm talking about, or Chris is talking about, depending on who you're listening to, it's uh, this weird looking animal. Animal. In fact, I have the video on my Facebook page, which is Ronald Kolick. And uh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, too, because um, that's where I still live from. Uh, so you can go and watch it, and it's kind of neat. It's uh, these animals that were not supposed to exist, but maybe they do. Mm. Yeah, I think that, you know, they're they're kind of similar to the Pukwudgies and other things. You know, the name actually means goat sucker. So they're de- oh. generally known as, like, a lot more vicious. They're probably like a foot tall, almost look like a bat. Um, some kind of cross between like a badger and a bat, and, and they've been seen all over South America, Central America, you know, the, the southern United States. So, you know, there's however many uh, sightings there have been, there have been people who have like tried to make fake chupacabras and like put them out there and say, oh, look what I caught, look what I caught, and make money off it. So there's a lot of uh, fake chupacabra footage. So if there's something new out there, I'm. Oh, this is, this is definitely to, uh, new. I mean, they got the law enforcement involved in this one. They were right there on the. Uh, this was done by uh, Channel something or other news. And uh, yeah, it's pretty legit. It's kind of cool. Awesome. You'll have to send me the link, Ronald. I'm sure <laughs> if you were my friend on Facebook, you wouldn't have to worry about that because you would be uh, acquainted. But since, again, you don't do links, I understand that. <laughs> Check it out. I put the I put the link up there. Check it out. And, and you have the link on uh, what website, Chris? On my website, Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads, www.masscrossroads.com. For those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, which is no one, Ron and I have been <laughs> kind of in this journey together for, what, about four years now? And the going joke is that uh, every day I say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put your link on my website. I'm going to put your link on my website, and I never do. So... Nice. It's up there now. Because he's a worthless piece of crap, but that's besides Uh the point. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I have been drinking, haven't I? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you get to my age, you can't remember. That's the thing. I get that anizer disease, you know? (laughs) Anizer. (laughs) 
You can't Thanks, remember who's been drinking? actually listening to this show, Ron. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's like two people. Um, but anyways, Chris Balzano uh, took part in this really unique uh, experiment that was conducted by um, Spooky South Coast, the cool guys down there in Rhode Island. It is Rhode Island, isn't it? Uh, no, it's actually, it's right on the border. It's New Bedford, uh, Fairhaven. Uh, it's, it's, it's all about the Bridgewater Triangle, and, and right. depending That's on who you ask, whether you ask Lauren Coleman, who kind of coined the phrase, or no, you ask I'm me, talking about it stretches South, in for Rhode Island. Spooky so. South Coast is, I'm talking about Spooky South Coast, so not where the Bridgewater Triangle is. Well, they were broadcasting a Bridgewater Triangle show on the border, basically, of Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Right, right. So, anyways, that's a cool show. You guys can check it out. They they have their archives on iTunes, and if you go to a Spooky South Coast website, then you can listen to it. They're a bunch of cool guys. Um, so, anyways, th- this is a annual event that they do, and the Bridgewater Triangle is like this freaky area where, like, all this strange, really stuff happens where you can't remember people's names, and uh, you see weird creatures, and Wait a minute, that's what's happening tonight, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, Chris, really, the, the Bridgewater Triangle, you've written a book about it, so, I mean, you, you are, a, I would consider an expert on it, would you? Uh, well, I, I like to think that I'm well-versed. Anne's well-versed on it as well. She used to have a, a show out of the Triangle. So, um, But it's just, yeah, it's an area of southeastern Massachusetts, uh, and, 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 and like I said, in Tort Island, where anything can and will happen in the paranormal. If you've heard about it, if you've experienced something, chances are it's happening with Triangle 2. There's just more um, reports of it there than there seem to be anywhere else, as well as kind of this odd connection, which I've kind of explored in my books, to weird crimes and suicide rates and teen suicide rates and mental health disorder. And so it's this place where this kind of, there seems to be this this void of, uh, I like to call it negative energy. I've called it a curse before. Uh, where it just kind of draws these kind of weird things in and, and helps more of the paranormal things kind of manifest. Hmm. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Spooky South Coast has this annual event there where they, they go to some of the hot places in the Bridgewater Triangle and they send these investigative groups, which are, which are different investigative groups, not just one investigative group. It's all these other groups that want to, take part in it. It's, it's kind of a really unique thing. It's sort of like the kumbaya of the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big group. It hug. is. You know, they've, I think this is the fourth year they did it. Uh, uh-huh. and they always try mm-hmm. to bring in uh, paranormal groups from the area to kind of go to the different places, kind of some of the more famous, accessible places, um, and, uh, and bring back evidence. And they usually have kind of an evidence uh, show a little bit later on when they get, kind of get all the information from people. But, you know, it really... There, there seem to be a ton of investigators in that area as well, and I've always mm-hmm. theorized that kind of some of the most well-known uh, investigators are living fairly close to what's the Bridgewater Triangle, if that's, you know, a coincidence or a quinky dink. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> this year, again, we had some really great teams out there. Really? Yeah. And, and you, want, you want to drop some names here so that we can... Uh... You want me to toss some names? Yeah, because you were wrong uh, in this. Out I mean, there. you were actually in studio, right? I know, right? Whaling City Ghost. Whaling City Ghost was out there. Again, they're kind of one of our perennial favorites. There was um, there were some new groups, and I'm a little bit out of touch with the, uh, the paranormal scene in Massachusetts as of late. But uh, you can right, go to Spooky Coast, South Coast and kind of check out who they were. Andy, you remember any of the other groups? <laughs> right? 
you're, you're yeah, out of touch because like you that. took your sorry butt to Florida. Uh, well, I'm I'm hot on the trail of the skunk ape down here, so uh, right, I've got my own stuff there? working on down here. So, uh-huh. so Anne, you know some of the groups that were involved, don't you? I know uh, Base Eight Paranormal was mm-hmm. out there. Um, I know Mark Mike Markowitz from my team. He's Bridgewater's Most Haunted. He was out there, but he's kind of on his own. Um, I don't know. Those are the two that I know. Right. And then, you know, Matt Moniz, who's their science advisor, he was out there with Andrew Lake, who I, uh, I know you've had on the show before. Right, Green Lake. Um, uh, they kind of formed their own group and were out there. Yep, uh, Green Lake Paranormal, isn't it? Green, Green Lake, Greenville. Greenville, Greenville Paranormal. Greenville, Greenville Paranormal. Uh, Southeastern Paranormal Investigations, East Coast Society. Spies. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, they go by spies. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. But uh, you know what? <laughs> Actually, uh, of all the cool acronyms, or whatever they're called, I think uh, a group that uh, uh, Mike used to belong to is one of the coolest ones. And, and not so much the way you say it, the, the word is boo, but it, it's the right. Boston Organization of Odd Occurrences. I think that's so cool. It's like that was a, odd yeah, occurrences. Game. Yeah, that's kind of yep. cool. But, I, you know, you didn't really need that. Ooh, pot, that kind of makes it lame, but uh, other than that, but <laughs> but that's just my opinion. I really don't mean that. Oh, I'll, pa- I'll pass that along. He'll appreciate that. I'm sure. <laughs> so, Chris, are you, you know, in not, studio? It's not, nearly as cool, it's not nearly as cool as your group, Naguf. I like to call them. Naguf? Or Naguf. Naguf. Yeah. Okay, He's moving trying to figure, uh, He's trying to figure <laughs> it out, Chris. He's going to N-E-R. Uh, Naguf? What? <laughs> I always thought it was Nagipi, but that's right. Um, Chris, you were like you were like the anchor in this whole thing. Uh, you were in the studio with uh, who? I was in the studio with uh, Jeff Belanger, um, and then the two regular hosts, uh, Tim Weisberg, who's the host of the show, and uh, Matt Costa, who is the producer and the sound engineer. So it was good because I, I got to go up there. I had some family things I had to take care of, and so... I was going to be up there for a few days, and so the guys were like, you know, why don't we kind of stage the Bridgewater Triangle show around you being here so that you can actually come in the studio and kind of give, you know, the authority. I'm kind of like the fourth unofficial member of the Spooky South Coast team. I'm on, you know, just about every other week. They do a little segment on there called the Balzano Breakdown where we talk about kind of some trends or some issues in the paranormal. And so they were like, we want you in the studio for the Bridgewater Triangle show. You know, it's working out. This is a, we've always kind of done it in the, late winter, early spring, and kind of mid-spring. So this is the first time people are actually able to go out there and not have to worry about, uh, you know, mm-hmm. wearing uh, 17 layers of clothing. And getting stuck in the mud. <laughs> and getting stuck in the mud, although, you know. Yeah. And actually, oddly enough, I'm interested in the evidence because we've always had a conflict with a lot of fog because a lot mm-hmm. of these areas in the Bridgewater Triangle that people are going to have, you know, these very, very dense fog patches that kind of spring up because of, you know, they're near uh, forests or they're near bodies of water. And so it's interesting to be able to kind of shed that uh, aspect of it out and have maybe some, uh, some genuine kind of clean evidence. Right. Well, Absolutely. did you find any clean evidence? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I think, I, I, you know, when you, if you were to, for example, read, capture, uh, you picture yourself capturing ghosts on film uh, by Christopher Balzano, you would uh, see one of the things that really kind of interferes with being able to evaluate a picture and distinguish things is the appearance of natural thought 
or natural kind of, um, uh, you know, carbon dioxide releases, things like that, which, which especially a digital camera picks up. So the more things like that you can take away in an environment, the more when you see something you can say, okay, maybe this is potentially something paranormal. Right. Right. So? so you should read the book, Ron. <laughs> I heard about reading, uh, not quite accomplished that with that yet, but uh, uh, anyway. You know, it's, no, I mean, but, oh, uh, did they have the reveal show yet? Yeah, reveal show yet. They have not had the reveal show. No, no, I've, I've actually, a few of the groups have sent me their evidence uh, uh-huh. to kind of say, you know, what's going on here? Do you think this is something? Most of the pictures, you know, pictures are very, very, they're one of the essential parts of investigating, but they're also the easiest to dismiss. Um, so it's kind of really hard to tell them some of the pictures whether they've gotten anything, you know, being on the trail of orbs is kind of, you know, the downfall of a lot of what we do. Mm-hmm. But there are some very, very interesting EVPs um, in the, I believe it's that Profile Rock, which is the, this natural rock formation, which kind of looks much like the Old Man in the Mountain, kind of looks like the face of Massasoit, mm-hmm. who is the Wampanoag Indian tribe leader. Uh, when they back, basically, actually, when the uh, settlers arrived here, they were the, kind of the, his, uh, he was running the Wampanoag tribe at that time. Um, but they've gotten some interesting EVPs having to do with um, Satan and the devil, and, and this is not necessarily, you know, the devil is running through that area as much as they're thinking, they think they're capturing maybe potentially some kind of uh, trapped energy of some of the people who suffered satanic uh, murder in that area, which is, which is especially in the you know, 70s and into the 80s and then early 90s was rampant in the, uh, in the Bridgewater Triangle, especially Freetown, which is where they were. Really? Right. You know, I don't know. It, there's a, it, Richard Felix has this big deal about uh, ghosts being a Christian problem because of uh, religion. I think he thinks that uh, it's an English-speaking thing, yada, yada. But you're telling me that... Uh, Indians, uh, Indian ghost Indians have been seen, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, would... I think that I think it's interesting to use the word problem because I think most cultures have an association with the dead um, and with spirits. We have a problem with it because it's outside of you know America being a Christian nation, a Judeo-Christian nation. We have, there's a separation from the ghosts. Um, they're not supposed to be there. We attach things like. They're here for unknown reasons, or their spirits are trapped because they can't pass on, so therefore they're mad or they're evil. Uh, and other religions and other cultures don't necessarily have that, so it's interesting you should use the word, you know, problem. Because I think all cultures have ghosts, it's just that we're the worst adapted to dealing with them. Okay, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think a lot of it, like I was telling uh, Richard, is that... A lot of cultures, for instance, like the, the, the Greeks, believe that the spirit roams the earth for 40 days and 40 nights after you died. So it's not like a big deal that uh, they, ha- they have ghosts. You know, I mean, they expect to have ghosts. So it's not like, uh, hmm, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, whereas we, we see a ghost and we go, oh, my God, it's a ghost. And, yeah, and why well, do and the suppose, same kind of- you know, why do you suppose we're like that? I mean... Given the history in this country, why are people amazed that there are ghosts? 
because we really don't uh, don't uh, accept it. It's not ex- is, is much acceptable. I mean, for instance, being a Christian nation, uh, we don't believe in ghosts walking around all the time. You know what I mean? Versus, versus for instance, the Greeks that it's like this is part of their uh, normal culture. It's 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 normal, so they it's not a big deal. They just accept it. They see a ghost. Yeah, it's okay. Cool. It's a ghost. Although. Um, I think it's just prevalent here. It's just that we don't accept it, so therefore uh, it's not such a natural part of our society that, that it's a big deal. Mm. I think a lot sense. of it has to do with religion. A lot yeah. of it, because, you know, Christianity is one of the only real religions that has a, you know, and of course, as Christianity broke off, people started to develop kind of variations on this, but, you know, there's heaven which is salvation, there's hell, which is damnation, and then there's a purgatory. And purgatory is for someone who's been, eh, not so bad, but not good enough to get into heaven, not quite enough bad enough to go to hell, and you have to work it off. <laughs> and so if you combine, you know, so if you see a spirit through a Christian filter, it's like, oh, that's a spirit that's done stuff wrong. Um, and I don't want to be that. More importantly, I don't want to be that. You know, in a lot of... Um, uh, you know, Christian Protestant variations of Christianity, you have these things like predetermination and predestination that tell you, you know, your life and your death has to do with, you know, where what's going to happen to you, whether you go to heaven or not. So to be a ghost means you didn't get to heaven. So to just to have that possibility stare you in the face and mm-hmm. be in the house with you means that potentially you're not going to make it to heaven either. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's a real puritanical view, I think. Yeah, right. well, I mean, you have to keep in mind, that's, that's the country, that's the foundation, that's the rock right. of, of America. And, you know, when I was doing research for, um, for Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, I was listening on the radio one day, and I heard the president to of my show, I'm sure. she had written a book. <laughs> What'd you say? To my show, I'm sure. I was listening to your show, yes, she, yes, yes, when you had the president of Harvard on your show. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and she was talking about how, and so I did a little more research on it, how... Um, kind of with the rise of spiritualism and influence on the other kind of Christian religions um, at that time. So you have, like, you know, second half of and beginning of the, um, you know, 18th, 19th century, 19th, 20th century, rather, um, mm-hmm. this idea that you had to have a good death um, to the <laughs> point that when soldiers died, so imagine you're in the Civil War, you're from the South, you die in the North, your soul can't find peace because you're not at your house. You're not oh. surrounded by your family. You're not wow. able to die in a peaceful way. And so these things actually heavily, heavily influenced both sides of the Civil War to the point that you carried pictures of your family with you, and you carried mementos of your family with you. And if you were a Union soldier and you were killed by Confederates and you were dying, the Confederates would actually search you for those possessions, not to steal them, but to put them around your body. So it was almost like symbolically your family was with you because... They wanted you to, even though you were the enemy, they didn't want your soul to be at rest, unrest, I should say. They wanted your soul to go up to heaven. And so I think that idea that if you are a ghost, there's something wrong with you, heavily influences our kind of fear of it and our kind of trepidation of being being touched by the paranormal. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's interesting because, I mean, so many times that during war, uh, the sides will call it truce, and they'll, they'll actually go and be able to remove their dead or wounded. And I mean, these sides—this is two sides that are just two minutes ago were trying to kill each other. 
And, right. uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's amazing, but uh, maybe it has that thing, thing to do with that, that, that you know, the proper burial and so forth. Yeah, I mean, because you, you, you would hope that someone would do that for you. Who? Right. Um, and so you, you would hope that someone would... Be honest with you, Chris, I don't really give a crap what happens to my body after I'm dead. What'd you say? I really don't give a crap at what happens to my body after I'm dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, seriously. I don't I mean, give a crap I mean, what happens to your body after you die either, Ron. Yeah, well, I mean, I know it's willed to, to Harvard, but, uh, you know... I'll be right there with the uh, elephant Ooh, man. And, they're uh, going to be waiting for that. Ooh. And Jumbo. <laughs> what but, do you mean? Yeah, that's why, already... you know, especially, especially old European cultures, it was the worst thing you could possibly do to get, decapitate someone and put their head like on London Bridge as a sign because right. you were separating parts of the body. So how could you possibly ever find salvation if you didn't know where your head was? <laughs> I mean, well, you laugh, but it's actually true. There are two, two instances that... Uh, they're extremely famous. One was a pope that was actually dug up and put on trial and then beheaded. And then the other one was Cromwell. Was the same thing was done to him. He was uh, dug up, put on trial after he was dead, and then beheaded. Wow. And, of course, you know, once again, connected Bridgewater Triangle, that's what I'm going to do. Um, same thing happened to King Philip. Same thing happened to uh, his war general, um, uh, Anawan. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if, if we need to be whole kind of find salvation, which once again is a very Christian idea, um, then, you know, that's the worst thing you can do to someone. And that might be the reason why there are so many spirits in, in places of battle, not just because they died, but because they lost an arm or they weren't home or they couldn't connect with their environment and therefore they're kind of stuck in their environment. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. I know we're coming up on the, on the break. I think we got about a minute. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when I, when I was young, I mean, my um, grandmother lost a leg through, uh, uh, what is that, uh, sugar that diabetes. Mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and they actually had to bury the leg and everything, whereas, I mean, you, you look at the Civil War when we were down there doing some events and things uh, at the, the Lady Grey Farm there, uh, they had stacks of legs, and you know damn well they didn't get uh, buried with their bodies. Right. So, well, anyways, why there's so many civil war ghosts? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe there's that many civil war ghosts. I, I think that's, I think that's a myth. I really do. I think it's just a romanticism. But anyways, we are coming up on break. A lot, lot of civil war, a lot of civil war battles in our Lawrence there, uh, Ron. Uh, yeah, we'll get right on to that. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles live on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. I am Ron Coet. My co-host is Ann Carrigan. And our very, very special guest is the famous Chris Balzano of Mass Paranormal Crossroads. And we'll be right back after the following messages here on TojiNet. Welcome to TojiNet. Radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged. 
unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Yes, why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojanet. Rex goes down beyond. I am Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsink. My co-host is the special, very special, and Ronway Kerrigan. And our mm-hmm. very lucky guest is Mr. Christopher Bilzano. If anybody wants to call in, by the way, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. If you want to harass Chris or myself or Ann, I'm sure you do, or you can join us live in the TojiNet or the Parex chat room. So there you go. So Chris, I mean, uh, do you find any difference now that you're in Florida and ghost hunting versus, uh, you know, there on the hot weather versus the the quaint New England? Um, I think that what you, what you have here is New England's got a really good collection of pre- you know, ghost hunter television show investigators. Um, and so a lot of the people there kind of predate that. Their techniques are maybe influenced or involved. Um, what you find down in Florida, at least the part of Florida that I'm in, is that a lot of the investigators, um, they think that what happens on that show is the Bible. So I've had a really hard time kind of connecting with people because, you know, I, I kind of want to explore these different ideas or I want to be like, well, that's not really what we should be doing or can't we do it this way? And they go, no, that's not what Grant does. And so oh, it's you, really want, you want to, to think for yourself, Chris? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Oddly enough. I've been known to do that from time to time. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, that, that's a shame, actually. I mean, that's the problem with uh, a lot of uh, TV is they think there's only one way of doing things. And, of course, you know, there's... I mean, nobody knows the right way. Let's, let's, you know, I mean, how serious can this be? We're running around in the dark looking for invisible people. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 you know, there is no right way or wrong way. It's any way that works for you is the way I look at it. Now, right. one of the big, big things I have noticed is that the ghosts here tend to be, we were kind of joking about it before the break, but tend to be much more based on things like the Civil War. Um, they're much more based on kind of uh, pirate lore. So you find kind of the same themes in the, uh, in the ghostly legends that are down here as you do uh, up in uh, New England. But, you know, they have this kind of, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, it being a Revolutionary War site, it's a Civil War site. Or instead of it being, you know, for example, like when we were at, um, at Dungeon Rock, instead of it being, you know, a, a spiritualist who was, 
hiding his gold. It was a pirate who, you know, <laughs> in this area did something. So, you know, the, 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 the backstory that people like to create for, for their experiences doesn't change no matter where you go. But, you know, the, the kind of twist that they put on it, the little sprinkle makes it much more regional. Right. But at it, it hard, you know, at it hard, it's the, same, it's the same thing with a different name. Really? Right, right. Right. I, I don't know. It's just like, mm. there, there are so many ghosts with so many stories. And I think that's what really, uh, you know, makes it interesting. And, and then you got to sort out all the crap, you know, because you have, uh, you know, just because someone died at the house doesn't mean that's the person that's haunting the house. I mean, as, as uh, Belanger always says, that you know, the uh, famous ghost syndrome is, you know, uh, that's kind of what it is. If if he died there, then it must be the ghost. Right. The most famous person to have ever been associated with an area is the ghost that's there. Mm. Absolutely. Right. The same way no one's ever been reincarnated as Joe the Plumber. You know, it's always been, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, you were the Queen of England or you were a, a prince in Me- uh, Mesopotamia. It's never been like, oh, you, you were a ditch digger. Nice job. Have you improved? <laughs> I- I'm sure you, know, you, you were make the, it more I'm sure you were the Queen of England, Chris. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so Chris, I have been known to be called Mary on occasion. So, oh, really, <laughs> Chris? How? Getting back to the Bridgewater Triangle, um, mm-hmm. how did you get involved in? I mean, you have dark woods and and all that. I mean, how did you get involved in the Bridgewater Triangle? What made you choose that? Yeah, it chose me. It really it did. You. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a uh, you know, Massachusetts, but more focused on Boston and the surrounding areas, places where I was from. Um, mm-hmm. But after I read the book, um, New England Ghost Files, I realized that a lot of them were taking place in Rehoboth and some of the areas of that, that became, you know, are in the Bridgewater Triangle. And so I started kind of looking to those because they were really good stories, and I really enjoyed the book. And, you know, our first, like, kind of anywhere near formal investigations were in these locations in Rehoboth. Mm-hmm. and I posted those up on my site, and all of a sudden I started getting a ton of feedback. So I'd post a story about Boston, maybe I'd get in one email. I'd post right. something about the red-headed hitchhiker, and 20 people would email me about their experiences. They had heard of it, or they had experienced it. And right. so, you know, while just following up on things, I found that constantly, you know, my car was having to take Route 24 down to, down to the Bridgewater mm-hmm. Triangle area. Um, and so I kind of went kicking and screaming to some degree, but that's where, <laughs> that's where it was drawing me in. That's where the people were. That's where the people who wanted to communicate with me. Those were the stories that were, that were kind of falling in my lap. And so, you know, it really kind of chose me a lot more than I chose it. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. So in your research for this book, I mean, you, did you go out into these, you know, all these small, a lot of these small towns in, within the triangle? How did you approach that? Um, a lot of it was people would tell me their story, and, and if if you're talking about Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle, which is um, you know my second book about that area, mm-hmm. um, it was so much about people telling me a story that happened once in their life. You know, it wasn't right. an ongoing thing. It was more of like, here's something really weird that happened to me. Um, and then I would get the story of, wow, you know, this place, it's really haunted. You should go and look at it. And so, you know, I just got to go, mm-hmm. and I try to get a feel for the place. I do a little investigating. And invariably, someone would come up and be asking what I was doing there, and 
and I'd get into a conversation, all of a sudden they had had some kind of experience. So that became part of kind of the bigger story of what was going on there. And wow. like I said, a lot of people, once they read one thing, I, I'm thinking of one story in particular where um, I posted some stuff about the Taunton State Hospital. Right. Which has got to be one of the most haunted buildings in all of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And um, I posted that, and it's a very, you know, I, I got some firsthand accounts in there, and I created this picture, and of course it's great, it's great background for a haunting, you know, a haunted insane asylum that's been so many different things, and so many different people have been there, it's been a tuberculosis hospital, some sections of it, and all this great lore. And then I got right. these two sisters who contacted me who lived down the street from it, who uh-huh. thought that because of the wackiness and the weirdness and the, and the, the, the sadness that was going on there, they, things were kind of drifting down the street into their house. And so these two sisters who hadn't talked to each other for a few years hadn't talked about their experiences for, you know, two dozen years almost, began mm-hmm. to communicate with each other and remember things and communicate with me. And it really was just, it ended up, you know, becoming this whole picture of the place. You have this huge building and this very kind of, you know, you know, great haunted landmark kind of thing. And then oh, yeah. it boiled down to the story of this whole family that was torn apart, not only by the personal problems that were going on in their lives, but also all of them experiencing these absolutely horrific things in the house. And, of course, they believe the two were related, and I do as well. And, and so it was great because it went from a very big story to a very personal story. So a lot, wow. of, it, a lot, of, a lot of my investigating ends up going that way. That's, that's amazing that they... Yeah, especially in my old age, I'm, I'm so much less about... Not as old as Ron, but um, I'm so much <laughs> less about, about the, the, the tech of what's going on. And I think that that has its place within the paranormal, but I always say I try to get at the heart of the haunting. In other words, how is it impacting people? It's right. really difficult to say to someone who's, who's sitting with me crying about mm-hmm. an experience that they had, how it changed their life or how it at least, you know, impacted one moment of their life and to have them genuinely feel it. Uh, how can I turn around and say to that person, you know what, I can't find anything here, therefore you didn't experience anything. Yeah. You know, so it's really kind of those those moments and the people that experience the paranormal more than whether a ghost actually existed. You know, if a ghost is haunting in the woods and no one's there to be haunted, does it exist? <laughs> kind of idea, you know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. <laughs> I, I like it a better way. If there's a man in the woods and he opens his mouth and there's no woman around, is he still wrong? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can laugh at that because my wife's on the other side of the house, so. <clears throat> no. Uh, moving, moving right along. <laughs> so, so Chris, you, you have written, I, I think you have four books out now, correct? Six, actually. <laughs> okay. Moving right. You have six out now? Wow. I know that you did okay, uh, picture yourself uh, ghost hunting, which is a, a really cool book. It's a, a hard-covered book, and it has a little DVD with it, and it's uh, basically the basics of uh, uh, ghost hunting. Uh, guys from, like, uh, Andy uh, is in there, and the guys from uh, Spooky South Coast, I think, are in there as well, and a bunch of other groups. And, um, and you were in there? Yeah, whatever. And then uh, there's also... Um, a bit, uh, blah, 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 blah. The Dark Woods, which is about the Bridgewater Triangle, correct? Yep, there's uh, Dark Woods, Cult Crime of the Paranormal, and the Freetown State Forest, which is about Freetown, which is one town, just a focus on one town in the Bridgewater Triangle that 
Coleman dubbed uh, an apex of the triangle. I have Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle, which kind of takes like a, an overview of a whole bunch of different things and talks about how you know it needs to be expanded and we need to look at some other areas that might be uh, considered. I have the Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting book. I've got kind of its companion book, Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on a Film, which is a book that focuses entirely on how to get visual evidence. And right, uh, you wrote cameras, that, uh, I mean, cameras, I believe uh, Chris, like um, Joshua Mantello wrote some of that too, right? That worked with you on it? Yep. Yep, yep. Josh Mantello of the Berkshire Paranormal uh, was vital in that book. And then I have two different editions of uh, Ghostly Adventures, which is ghost stories and kind of a little bit of how-to or a little bit of background basic knowledge of ghosts. Uh, and I've got two different editions of that. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, it, it, you, you started off with just one, and then then all of a sudden it just blooms. I, I think that's what happens when you... It, for for a serious author, it just once you get that first book out, it's it's just flows from you. Yeah, it's good to something see that you're dubbing me a serious author. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think well, I think you know I had done so much information on the Bridgewater Triangle just working on Freetown uh, and just having so much of what was going on that the, the second book just kind of came naturally, the Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, and then once again, once that you know, once I had picture yourself ghost hunting. Um, Josh came up with the idea of, oh, well, you, there should be a book just about camera things. And so I went to with them, and they were like, well, we'd really like for you to do that one. So I actually spent, like I said, I'm, I'm not as tech-savvy as some other investigators because I really kind of focused on the emotions of the family and the story of what's going on and the, and the research to, you know, potentially see what, where things might be coming from. But I had to teach myself different methods because both of the Picture Yourself books kind of look at not what I do, but what investigators I respect do and how kind of they've influenced me and how they kind of like, all right, I take this idea because I really like it. And I really like, you know, for example, when I brought you guys out to the Freetown State Forest uh, to look for puck wedgies and maybe some of the ghosts via Sonnet Ledge, I wanted to see and I wanted to show people how Ron and doing the ghost project, how they investigate and how Matt Moniz investigates and how this group investigates so that people can see that, you know, it's not just one way that's right for you. It's the different methods and the kind of the salad bar aspect of the paranormal that should really make you comfortable in what you're doing. And if, and if people are allowed to kind of open themselves up to that, they might find that, you know, they're starting to, A, enjoy investigating more so it doesn't become this, you know, hierarchy, overly professional kind of thing, but also, you know, to get the best evidence possible. You know, it's funny, I have to bring this up. Uh, I, I do a paranormal study group out of the Circles of Wisdom uh, once a month. Uh, in fact, it's next Tuesday is the next one. And sometimes I bring uh, special guest speakers in, uh, and I know we had Mike Marquardt's course, you know, Mike and, and. Yes. Yeah. So, a- anyways, I brought um, Josh Mantello in to talk about orbs because he, he he's done this cool thing where he actually rates uh, orbs you like EVPs are rated A, B, and C, which is really a, a, a cool thing as far as I'm concerned, figuring all the years it's been out there, and he was the first one to really think of it. Uh, I thought it was really cool. So anyways, I, I brought him in, and, and he did his presentation. And unfortunately, I had a couple of young ladies there who had seen the orb movie, which is very spiritual uh, about orbs. It's, it believes that orbs are very spiritual that they're all beings and da 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 but whatever and so he like totally crushed this world their world and you know and they were not happy with it and but then i try to explain that it's not important that uh 
people who differ from you, it actually makes your beliefs stronger. So in order to have a group like that, a discussion, you want to see all sides of the story. You just don't want one narrow path. And I think that's really important in the paranormal. So you get you got to look at everything. So even these new investigators coming up, uh, you know, the young kids are like, you know, they're just starting to wipe their nose on their sleeves. Um, they they can come up with some brilliant stuff because they're out of it. They're looking at it fresh in, in a new way. You know, it's not the same, same old, same old, I guess. Does that even make sense? It does, and I think uh, Mike Markowitz is a great example of that. He hasn't been doing it this long compared to some other people, um, and yet he real, feels really compelled to work, do the work that he's doing. And so since he's been in the field, I think he's completely revolutionized the way some people look at things because he's so exact and he's so kind of technologically um, out there that he's doing some really good things. And so if people had kind of gone with the status quo, um, and if he had kind of been like, oh, well, I'm only going to do what other people are saying is the right thing to do, you know, okay. here's a new person who brought a new perspective to things and I think has done a re- lot of really great work. Mm-hmm. He has. He, he, uh, he does look at it differently, and he looks at it spiritually, and he, 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 yeah, he does it differently than anyone I've ever met. And, and the thing yeah, is, you know, actually, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, when I, was, when I was working in Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle, um, you know, I, was, I did several investigations with Mike, and I was actually so compelled because here was a techie guy. I mean, you can't get more techie than Mike and what he's using, <laughs> and yet he was also the first person who had a real spirituality, except for maybe Karen, had a real spirituality to EVP work. And so he was a scientist, you know, doing this very technical stuff, and yet he was saying... And here's the spiritual reason for it. Here's like, you know, I think mm-hmm. he talks about, um, you know, audio waves mixing with spiritual waves. He, he says it differently than that, but it's this interesting kind of uh, combination of the two that's very, very unique. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, I, uh, I respect um, Mike quite a bit, but I, I don't agree with everything he says. I mean, I have not been convinced on that yet. I mean, some of the stuff I just... I don't embrace. Uh, I really don't. I, I like what he does, and I certainly uh, does a fantastic job in, as far as what he does, but I have not been convinced on some of his theories, and, and that's the good thing about it, just because, you know, someone comes out there and they say, well, this is all cool. I've got all this equipment, and I'm doing that, and that. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, that his point of view is the right point of view or the only point of view. Yeah, no, and, and I think just to off topic a little bit, going back to those women we were talking about that uh, that kind of had uh, you know were crushed a little bit by Josh. I would think that if you were looking at something, and this kind of extends to investigating in general, if Josh comes in there and says, "Here's 27 reasons why this thing is not an orb," or "Here's a whole bunch of pictures, and I can tell you why each of them probably isn't something paranormal," it really leaves you with these few that might be. Or these uh-huh. few that he can't explain, or a few that kind of, you know, are the anomaly inside the anomaly. And those are the things that people should embrace because, you know, once again, it strengthens your faith in something or strengthens your belief in something. If you can look at two things and say, this isn't something and this might be something or is something. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's a thing on, on all the events that I do. I always go out and I say, okay, you know, who's seen the ghost hunter show? And a lot of people put their hands up. And I say, okay, now, 
they do a cool thing. They try to debunk things. They try to reproduce things scientifically, which is good because we all should do that. We all should look for a scientific and natural explanation for it. But just because they can reproduce something scientifically or naturally doesn't mean it wasn't paranormal at the time it occurred. Uh, right, right. right. It's, it's, we're I mean, talking that, about that's just because it's not happening now doesn't mean it didn't happen. You know, right. seeing it's a ghost right. or experiencing the paranormal is like catching lightning in a bottle. So to exactly. think that we can... And the, the thing that... Sound of the next level, the thing that really activates me um, are people who are trying to detect uh, using equipment things that might be demonic or elemental. And it's like, yes, I understand completely. You, you, you're associating the same kind of techniques that you would for looking for a ghost. Let's assume for a second that there are those darker things. There are things like elementals or demons or, or things like the Pukwudgiers that have kind of a, this paranormal twist to them and, and are, are supernatural and paranormal at the same time. This thing has existed since the beginning of time. Do you really think it's going to be fooled by something you got at Radio Shack? <laughs> you know? And I, and I, and I was, I was happened to have something on. Actually, I was watching the show before and then a paranormal show came on. Um, I think I was watching something about Butch DeFeo of the Amityville case, like an interview with him, and then a, a ghost hunting show came on after it. And they were setting up, uh, motion sensors. And they were like, we're convinced that there's something demonic in this area. And so they set up all these motion sensors. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can, you think that a demon, you know, that's existed, you know, and is one of the most powerful forces in the universe and fallen angel and all this other thing, and you really think that it's going to trip that. And then more importantly, you think if something doesn't trip it, that it's not there? You know, right. I think we're, we're, we do as much as we can, as best as we can, to kind of apply the law of human physics, like me and you and, and Anne talking to each other, and I shake your hand and there's a physicality to it. We try to apply those things to a realm that we really know nothing about other than through the stories. Mm-hmm. And so we've come to a point where we want to ignore the stories and yet take the evidence that the stories have given us and think that this is now the science of it. And that's a really difficult thing to do. And we need to kind of keep it all in perspective. I agree, right. 100%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, the whole thing is, is when analyzing evidence, it's so... Sub- subjective in, in many, many ways. I mean, you look at an orb, to a, an orb to one person is a ghost, an orb to another person is an angel, an orb to the, another person is a, uh, you know, an alien, uh, or a, uh, the blessed merger. It, it, it all depends on what your beliefs are and how you review the evidence. That's why it's very difficult to, uh, uh, you know, to get a subjective evidence review. And, and you lose sight of things when you do that. I remember... And I've said this story, I might have even said on your show before, uh, I was at a conference once and someone was doing EVP work and showing, you know, kind of showing everyone their EVPs or, you know, revealing them, whatever term you want to use. And people were arguing for 10 minutes over, you know, whether they said, that's not mine or that's just fine. And they were arguing for like 10 minutes until finally I kind of stood up and were like, <laughs> um, dude, there's some voice on that tape that's not supposed to be there. Right. And they didn't get it, what I was talking about. I'm like, okay, who cares if it's saying, <laughs> you know, is that mine or is it kind? Or, but like, let's step back for a moment and realize we've just captured something that's not supposed to be there. Let's embrace that for a little bit and talk about that for a little bit before we start to kind of tear each other's head off about what might have been said. 
<laughs> it's maybe important to the nature of whatever the ghost might be, right. but really kind of like, I guess it's, you know, the term, you know, not seeing the forest for the trees. Like, you've just captured something that's not supposed to be there, and you're not embracing that fact. You're not even looking at that fact. You're arguing about the details of it. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants it to be about them. It's not, <laughs> right. about, the e- it's not about the EVP. It's about them being right, and and that's... People do that all the time. But yes, they, they should be amazed that listen to this, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't have to worry about it. I'm never right according to my wife, so I have no problem with that. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard for you to hear an EVP with those, you know, hearing aids on and the, you know, <laughs> turn down the music thing you got going on. So. Yeah, well, at least I don't have to worry about my teeth chattering because I take them out at night. <laughs> anyway, uh, I noticed that uh, Spooky Tim from uh, Spooky South Coast is in the uh, Parallax chat room, and uh, he's been riding you all show, by the way, Chris. I just want you to know that. <laughs> he's writing about tomorrow's show? Is that what he said? No, he's been riding you all show. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah, well, hmm. you know. I understand it might not be as interesting as three hot chicks because they're vital to, you know, understanding the paranormal there, Tim, but, uh, you know, I do try to do my best. Moving right along. Any uh, new projects you're working on? Uh, well, right now I'm kind of knee-deep in doing a lot of research and a lot of work uh, on kind of two different things. One kind of a, you know, a... a an exploration of kind of some ghostly legends and some ghostly motifs and talking about how, um, you know, a lot of investigators get fooled by these stories that they hear and how they're completely wrong, uh, and then surround those with stories that are true. <laughs> so it, it's this interesting thing I'm going to spend a lot of time saying, here's, you know, why this isn't true, and it falls back to this, and yet here's, you know, five people who have had a story that's just like that that's pretty gosh darn true. Um, so it's this interesting kind of little... uh uh, you know, different take on looking at the paranormal as opposed to, you know, investigating or, or, or equipmentating the, uh, the paranormal. And then I'm also working on a book that looks at kind of the influence of all of this stuff, uh, mix it with vampires and, and werewolves and, and all these kind of like cults that are around and, and kind of the impact that that has on youth, uh, especially teenagers and how, you know, we've kind of become this, you know, this kind of culture of people who, don't believe in the paranormal and won't embrace paranormal and yet, you know, live their lives with all these different paranormal influences bouncing off their head all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Chris, what, I want to thank and, you and so now, much. Whoop, being a ahead. junior high teacher, that's, you know, something that influences me a lot every day. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> Chris, we want to thank you so much for being on the show because we just about ran out of time. And, uh, well, once you have you back on. Yep, yep. Your website is uh, www.mass. MassCrossroads.com, www.MassCrossroads.com, Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads. And that is linked on the New England Ghost Project uh, page. But you will then find a link back to New England Ghost Project on my yep. site. So. We, will, we will see about that. So, Chris, thanks a lot for coming on, and once again, it's a pleasure, and I uh, hope to see you again. Thank you very much, and Anna, it was nice speaking with you again, too. Oh, it was great to hear from you, Chris. Thanks. All right. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. It's cool, dude, huh? Yes. He's a, he's yeah, a lot of fun. Yep. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, 
I've had a chance to work with him a few times, uh, for better or worse, and uh, yeah, it's always <laughs> been interesting. But anyway, you know, the, the cool thing is, is I do like the idea that people can express their opinions, uh, you know, and that's that's the neat thing. I mean, it's, I really, really like that idea. It's just like, oh, you're right, you're wrong. No, you can, you know what? Let's hear what you have to say. You know, right. maybe I'll look at things differently. Well, you should. I mean, everybody needs to give everybody else a chance to talk. But, you know, like I said, so many people, it's just about them. They don't they don't want to stop and listen, unfortunately. Right. So, anyways, I know that you uh, have a pizza party going on, right? Oh, I do. Pizza and wine. Come on yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only. But anyways... Uh, Thanks so much uh, for another great night, Anne. You too, Ron. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good lord.